2: TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Join more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know. Nonstop Vikings Talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. Wilson surveys
0: fires, and it is going to be caught
2: by DK Metcalf for a touchdown. That is an unbelievable drive. Ah, uh, yeah. Vikings are one and four. Purple Daily, we're going to dive into our Vikings statements from a really entertaining but ultimately short end-of-the-stick game for the Vikings. And Declan, you were rocking the Corona Hard Seltzers late into the night on Vikings I Vet was. One last
1: night. I was. I started with the cherry. I was all in on the cherry because I had to drown away the sorrows of some salty Vikings fans who like to kick field goals. Some of them I feel, I feel like the people who want to kick field goals only want to drink a half Corona seltzer. They, they, they just want to leave it half full.
2: You're either all in or you're not. That's right. Do you want to win or do you not? And do you want to get all in on lime, mango,
1: cherry, or blackberry lime? What do you Actually, want you to know, do?
2: the people who wanted to kick a field goal on fourth and inches are the ones that don't crush the can on their head when That's they're right. done, okay? Yeah,
1: I I crushed both. I'm Stone Cold Steve Austin <laughs> style. I, I was ready to go. Uh, this month and every month throughout the year, Discover Corona Hard Seltzer, the only hard seltzer made with Pure Beach vibes, with a refreshing splash of fruit flavors such as lime, tropical, uh, tropical lime, mango, cherry, and blackberry lime. Corona Heart Seltzer is a tasty spike, sparkling water with a splash of natural fruit flavor that allows you to enjoy the moment in each can. Corona har- Corona Heart Seltzer has zero carbs, zero sugar, ninety calories, and is gluten-free. Relax responsibly. Corona Heart Seltzer, spikes sparkling water with natural flavors imported by Crown Imports. Chicago, Illinois. Football
0: the worst thing that happens. You don't make it, the has got to go ninety five yards. Meanwhile, did they stop him? It's gonna be that close. And the line judge comes in and says they did stop him. When I look around our locker room, I don't see guys who are a problem. You'd be surprised at, you know, how often that can be the case in a in a locker room where you have certain guys who are
2: just haven't figured it out. I feel like, you know, in our locker room, just as people, the way the way they work, the way they you know serve their teammates the way they play down to the very last guy.
1: I just feel really good about our, our group. You know, at the end of the day, what matters is wins and losses, and we have to, you know, have a better record than we do right now.
2: Kirk Cousins talking about a close shave Vikings loss last night. I'm Phil Mackey. That's Judd Zulgad. We've got Declan Goff in the house producing here. And uh, if you haven't already checked out the hour and 45-minute edition of Vikings Ventline from last night, just some great commentary and reaction from fans. We welcome fans into the video with us on a weekly basis. It's part of the Purple Daily umbrella of shows. Purple Daily podcast feed, Apple, Spotify, com, and also our YouTube channel, which, huge thank you, even though the Vikings are off to a depressing start. You guys have helped us get over 10,000 subscribers on YouTube.com slash Purple Daily podcast. So, uh, And we didn't even have to coax you with, like, You know, salacious pictures of Judd Zolgad to get to 10,000. We get to keep those in our back pocket for 20,000. God
0: help those people if they have to see those.
2: (laughs) So, should we just start with statements? I I have a feeling we're going to, this is going to be a long episode of Viking statements here. So, Deck, let's let's just fire it up here. Let's Let's do it. Football. Judd Zolgad, you got the first Viking statement. Go ahead. All right.
0: As good as Dalvin Cook can be, and he can be very, very good. Wow we saw again last night I'm going to rip the band-aid right off why paying him was a mistake All right, one he plays a position at which guys can be replaced I'm not going to say easily but they can be replaced two is we talked about this going into the year and and why we all agreed across the board that we would not sign him to the lucrative contract that he got which he did then right before the season opened with the loss to the Packers but Dalvin Cook has the inability to stay healthy and you have no choice but to use him as your workhorse back like if you're going to sign him he has to be used and last night on the first play offensive play by the vikings of the third quarter he caught a pass and hurt his groin and my guess now is he's out for a while again though this is why we all warned you to be very cautious, and to think twice about paying him.
2: I actually blame you because you're the one. <laughs> I got blame on Twitter. You're the one that was I like, no, blame. this dude needs to touch the ball 30 times a game. He does. That's the problem. 30 times a game. When, by the way, Christian McCaffrey last year, who touched the ball over 400 times over the course of a season, he was like the most high-usage running back in 10 years or something. And his pace was like 25 or 26 touches per game. So, sure enough, last night, rabbit ears over at the Vikings practice facility. Oh, that Judd Zolgad. He's been, he's been pretty spot on. Yeah, I'm a big fans of that Judd. I think we should take the Judd rule. And so, Dalvin Cook. Was up to let's see here, 17 carries and five receptions. So we had 22 touches in the third quarter. Oh, this old guy the Zolgan playing quarter, very much in effect. And shock, he wears down. And I mean, it could have been. I mean, it could have been his first touch, and he could have had a, a groin twinge, as Brad Childress would say. Um, but this is the risk you run. Like, you knew when you signed him to a contract extension that he is a guy that misses games, and he's not a guy that has a proven track record of being a bell cow 20, 25 touches on a regular basis. And so I think your point is worth entertaining in that Alex Madison comes in and he touches the ball 20 times on the ground, 23 times overall, racks up, let's see here, 100. 40 yards of total offense, 5 yards of carry on the ground. For his career he's just under 5 yards per carry on the ground. And I think two things can be true. The first thing that's true is Dalvin Cook is better than Alex Madison. Is anyone on the show disputing that? No, it's true. Dalvin Cook is better than Alex Madison. Yes. But, Alex Madison is good enough to consider as a starting running back in the NFL especially if he doesn't have to make $12 million. So it's an interesting talking point. I'm not going to totally savage you for it, but I will savage you for wanting. 30, but no, but 30 that's the, pro- but the problem. But the, pro-
0: but the problem is, I'm right on both counts. One, you can't pay him. Once you do, he has to be used to excess, and three, that's going to turn into problems because he does not stay healthy. That's the thing. Look, if this was a non-cap league. I don't care what you do. Go knock yourself out. Give Dalvin Cook all the money and give Cousins all of the money and just keep going. I don't care. If the Wills choose to go broke, that's their choice. But in a cap league, you have to think about how you're going to structure things, right, from a roster perspective. And that's why this conversation was so important. And Dalvin Cook's a great player. I love watching him play. Doesn't stay healthy. He's going to get hurt. And you gave him a contract in which you basically, in my opinion, set him up to get hurt because he has to be used a ton at that point, which is not ideal. And yeah,
2: there's no way he plays next week against the Falcons, right? Hell with, with, no. with a buy on the back end. I
0: bet he's out for three weeks, yeah. and I bet this bothers him for the rest of the year. And this is, this is the heart of the conversation that we spent all summer basically having.
1: <laughs> Jack Goff. Yes, I will double down. Keep going forward on fourth down. I love it, and I know we're we all going to scrutinize the fourth and one at the end of the game, but consistently, on two other occasions, right, and during the game, Zim went for it on fourth down. I love it. And I know he has a thing with kickers, and at the, on the flip side, Dan Bailey is not a disaster. Dan Bailey is, is the most consistent kicker this team has had in a very long time. But I love the aggressiveness when you're in opponent's territory or when it's fourth and manageable, Zim has the cojones to say, we're going to go for it. And if that one gets pulled off in the last minute of that game— we are not talking about the decision of, man, you should have kicked a field goal. Maybe you should have done this. Yeah. We'd be talking about great call by Mike Zimmer to go for it on fourth down. So keep going for it on fourth
2: down. Yeah, see, that's one of those things where the the result isn't going to match up with correct process 100% of the time. And so you just have to live with, make the right decision and know that, like I come from a poker background. I used to play poker for a living and like you know, for rent money and stuff and run a poker company. And you always know, just like, in poker... The best thing you can do is just make the right statistical decision. Like if I've got aces and you've got kings, I've got you dominated in that spot, it's the right move. But twenty percent of the time, you're gonna win that hand. And so, like you're not gonna you're not gonna get that first down a hundred percent of the time, but it was the right move. And I think for a coach in Mike Zimmer that we have criticized justifiably over six or seven years for bad late game and clock management and timeout management. Yep. He went for it, I believe, on on three different fourth downs in that game. And all three were great decisions. There was the one on the first drive of the game they went for it on fourth down. They got it. Um, I think they went for it on the second drive of the of the game, too. I want to say they went for it three times. I don't have it in they front did. of me.
0: Fourth and one three times for yep. sure.
2: And that's the right Plays call, in, the call in those situations. And they just need to block better in those spots.
0: It wa- It was, to me, against that defense especially... A no-brainer. Like, if he hadn't, I would have been like, are you really that? And by the way, too, it's not like the loss is going to kill you. <laughs> like, it's not like we're the, here but, today. But they're not,
2: think- they're not thinking that in that moment. Right. The coaching staff. But, is but I'm be.
0: saying fa- fans should. Fans should think, okay, so you lost that game. What does it really
2: cost you? Might actually gain you something. Exactly right. Yeah. All right. What do you got? Statement game continues here. Drew Samia is the worst offensive lineman in the NFL. I feel bad for him. I do feel bad for him.
0: He's been put in a position to fail and he's failing.
2: He still makes decent money. Like, he's fine. Like, he's, he's I know, fine. but I mean, he's he, not exactly getting any help by <sighs> being put out there. Well, he came into that game and PFF had him going into that game as the worst offensive lineman in the league. And he racks up four penalties, three wound up being enforced. He gets shoved around like, like Declan in a college football game or something. And Declan would die actually. I would be dead. Well, did you see some of those plays with Drew Samia last night? Thank God he's still with us. I mean, he there. There was that like early in the game. I can't remember. I just remember one of the Seahawks uh, defensive linemen, and I can't remember which one it was. I think it might have been Jaron Reed that just like. Went after him two plays in a row or something, and they just showed like eight replays. Like, dude, what are you doing? So um, it's it's the combination of penalties and just getting physically dominated as a as a six foot five three hundred ten pound monster. That's uh, that's really troubling. I don't know how you overcome that and like have a respectable career. Like Get when you just back physically in, dominated. Maybe?
0: Pat Elfline, we're pining for the days of Pat Elfline. Yeah,
2: it's really bad. Who's not good? All right, back to Judd. The
0: Vikings are giving valuable experience and not, as I feared at one time, they are not, to be clear, ruining guys like Dantzler and Gladney. I think they are developing that statement one because statement two is important here. We are learning that they are actively ruining, and these two guys are basically look like they are unable to sustain in this league right now. Flip side, Drew Samia, who Phil just brought up, and Holton Hill, who didn't play last night, and the Vikings were far better for it. Yeah. So, so, and this is actually a good thing, but I think now, five games in, we are learning clear lessons, despite the fact that these guys are still young, about who can play, and they might struggle. Like, Gladney might struggle at times, but I still watch him, and I think, you know, he can play. And then I watch a guy like Holton Hill, who uh, did not play – Last night, I believe he had a foot problem, but I watch him play or I watch Samia play and I say they are actively being ruined, and if they have any chance, don't play them now. So in parsing through the Viking struggles, I think it's interesting that we are getting pretty much a firsthand look at who can play right now and who looks like they're progressing slowly but surely, yeah. and who simply just can't play.
2: Yeah, I just... Uh... That's the line that you're trying to toe here. Is like, how much are you risking just ruining a guy completely versus Samia? Huge, and maybe you just don't care. Maybe, in, maybe in the case of Samia, it's like, all right, you've been on the roster a couple years. What, is this is third year, or second year on the roster. Whatever I think it's it is. A second, it's yeah, a second year, and uh, you know, fourth round pick, right? you're a fourth round pick. You weren't a first round pick, and we're just going to see if you can play, man. Number one, because we want to see if you can play, but number two, like, and and, and we just want to know one way or the other in 2020. Sure, but also, like, we need someone to play right guard. They, it's not like they have. <laughs> It's not like they have an all-pro stashed away but, like, "Oh, if Samia doesn't work out, at least we've got this veteran guy that's, you know."
0: But playing him right now you, you are actively sabotaging any chance that he has in my opinion at a successful career.
2: But that's more like, on him than play. the team, right? In this case. If it's a first-round pick and it's if it's like Jeff Gladney and he has to go against Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson, Yep. All right, I want I to tra- I want to protect you a little bit, but when it is a physical one-on-one position. Right. And it's just like, dude, this is how life is going to be. They're not trying to like out scheme you. They're just trying to move you. And if you can't hold your ground, then you can't play in the NFL at this level. In the Jeff Gladney case or the any of these young cornerbacks really, mm-hmm. I can see like, all right, boy, there's just not enough help out here and we just don't we're gonna go easy on you. We're gonna put you in rotation. I can see protecting those cornerbacks a little bit more because they're more at the mercy of like Russell Wilson. So the cornerbacks weren't terrible. I think Cam Dantzler got burned a couple of times. Holton Hill
0: n- not playing
2: actually helped. Yeah, it did agreed. But
0: Dozier has played right guard before. Okay, so honest to God, can't you take a chance at dev- at at switching him to uh, right guard? And it's Cleveland that bad at left guard? Like, is he if if he's Samia bad, then don't do it. But I gotta think he's not going to be that bad. Hmm. Perhaps I'm wrong. I just. I think playing Samia at this point is basically just malpractice. Right? It's unfair. It's malpractice. I've seen it. Five, I can tell you. Like, just call me. Yeah. Call my cell phone. I'll tell you. you can't play right now.
1: Uh, all right. Back to Declan I think here Viking statements. <laughs> yeah, piggy. If piggy's back off, off your guys' takes, and it's time for Ezra Cleveland. Like, I, I don't understand how Drew Samia, who was pushed around again and again, and makes boneheaded penalties. Like, is Ezra Cleveland either? Do they not want him at guard? Like, are they building him just to be a tackle and they don't want to overwhelm him and put him at guard?
0: We can build him.
1: But, yeah, like, seriously, you can. You can build him and they will come. Like, you can put Ezra Cleveland on the guard or move Rashad Hill to guard and put him at tackle. I don't care. You have to get Ezra Cleveland some time here. Because Pat Offline coming off the IR isn't going to make it better either. Get Ezra Cleveland a start on Sunday against the Falcons. It's time for Ezra Cleveland. Please. Yeah, I think it's worth a shot, right?
2: How Can it can it, can, it, can it be worse than Drew Samia at right and guard? It, can? it can't be you made the wrong second-round pick.
0: Yes. Like, if you're saying, man, if Cleveland starts, it's going to make Samia look like a Pro Bowl player, then you really made the wrong pick in the second-round.
2: PFF grades are out for that game last night, too. Drew Samia was the second-worst-graded player on the Vikings' offense. Can you guess who the first one? I don't think you're going to be able to. C.J. Ham.
0: I was going to guess C.J. Ham because he dropped that ball, right? Okay. That pass yeah. thrown his way, which, which, by the way, was a weird play call, too. Or weird decision by Cousins, one of the two. Yes. C.J. Ham was the guy.
1: There's also a rollout on a wheel route into the goal line fade to CJ Ham last night too. That's like, yeah, a fullback fade. <laughs> oh, you know thing, what else? That's what <laughs> I always think <laughs> they'll
0: never expect it. He didn't get the block on fourth down too. Dead serious. I bet they blamed him in large part on on the
2: uh, the fourth on and the, one, fourth yes. And inches. The yes. End. Okay. All right. Um, I, I'm just gonna go right for the cousins thing here. All right. <laughs> Viking statements. I mean, Kirk Cousins That'll do it isn't good enough. He's not good enough. This has been a theme on Viking statements. And the one thing I am so sick of hearing about Kirk Cousins' record in October, he's a great fall. Crisp brought that weather, up in the production me- meeting with with, um, Michaelson Collinsworth. Kirk Tober is in full effect. That's right. He's a great Halloween season quarterback. All right. I wish I could give proper credit here. Actually, let me let me find this because I did screenshot this tweet. One of our loyal listeners of Purple Daily sent me the Kirk Cousins statistics. On those October, uh, on the October record, I don't have it here. I don't have the uh, the credit here. I wish I did. He's
0: really good in October,
2: though. But his his opponent's average record in October is oh, something okay. like four and twelve.
1: Yeah, it's like a three fifty winning percentage. I saw this too. Okay, yeah, it's something really. So bad. yeah, like
2: he's good in October <laughs> because he's playing terrible teams that turn out to have terrible season. Then when you play an actual team. And so, yes, he deserves credit when the Seahawks jumped out to that 21-13 to 13 lead after the Vikings melted down, in large part because of Kirk Cousins and the terrible interception, and he gets stripped because he can never feel pressure. Um, he deserves credit for bouncing back. So, yes, and he did put the Vikings in front with a touchdown pass to Thielen, and then the Vikings were unable to block and, and end the game on the fourth and inches, and he never got the ball back with enough time after that. And So all those things are true. But you know what else is true? When all the chips are on the table and you're playing the Seahawks or you're playing the Packers or you're playing any number of teams with quarterbacks that just flat get it done late in games, mm-hmm. he is not good enough. And we need to raise our expectations and raise our bar for what we want out of a quarterback or get to the in bar. a Vikings uniform. We
0: need to get to the bar yeah. ASAP. That's the most important thing.
2: So that's um, as plainly as I can say it. Like every week, we sit here and we're like, "Well, I mean, Drew Samia was terrible. Therefore, Kirk never, Cousins is excused. It's never Kirk's from doing fault. Any, like, never yes. it's his fault. It's like if the it, defense w- let him down last night. Yeah. Right. If, that's what I got. If anything else happens, like if the defense gives up a drive to Russell Wilson or Drew Samia has a bad game, it's like it negates criticism of Kirk. Like, oh, it's, <laughs> oh, Drew Samia is bad, so you can't you can't blame Kirk. Yeah, it's like I'm sorry, but. So many quarterbacks deal with bad offensive linemen on a regular basis, and they don't spaz out and, like, become turnover machines in the third quarter. So (laughs) I love the term spaz out.
0: (laughs) I'll never not love that term.
2: (laughs) All right, that's off my soapbox.
0: This one's personal to me. It's personal. I'm disturbed by it. Um, I'm offended by it. And I was made to look like a fool through no fault of my own. Playmaker's going to make plays. Playmakers are great to have. Playmakers like young Justin Jefferson are mm-hmm. Pro Bowl players. Unless they don't get the football. Wow. Let's look at last night's box
2: score. Again, hey. by the way, hey, you were you were adamant that he was going to go for By the it. Way, Friday, Moss game.
0: Friday Friday night, on Friday night with a few summits in hand, I went back and found uh Moss's first four games of his rookie year compared to Jefferson's. Nearly damn identical except for touchdowns, okay? Nearly identical stats. You jinxed them. I then went and looked at Game 5. In Randy Moss's rookie year was the Packers game at Lambeau, the breakout game on ABC, Monday Night Football. I accurately, I thought, predicted that Justin Jefferson could be sitting on the same thing in his Week 5 game against Seattle. What happened? What happened? There? Five targets, three receptions, twenty-three yards, and here's the here's the most offensive thing. I can't, never want to see this again. Can't get separation. A long, a long reception for Justin Jefferson of eleven yards.
2: It doesn't have breakaway speed.
0: Uh, yeah, using him as if he is Larry or Chad or. Johnny Beebe. I don't even remember his name by now, okay?
2: It's Larry Beebe. Was
0: Larry thinking, Beebe. Yeah. It's like he was Larry Beebe. What the hell is going on here? My statement is what are you guys thinking? He's a play. Exactly. You know what? We're going to hear. Well, they took him away. No, no they didn't. No, the He's film. Justin Jefferson.
2: Woo! <laughs> All right, back to Viking statements in just a second here, but let's shout out Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Federated has been helping business owners in the state of Minnesota for over 100 years. Based in Owatonna, they are one of us, and Federated has all kinds of trusted resources for you and your business on their website at federatedinsurance.com. That's where you can find out a full list of all the industries Federated protects, and it's where you can find information on how to contact your local representative with Federated. Federated is also on Twitter at federated i n s for fresh, relevant risk management content on a regular basis. Remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. Yeah, I'd like. I would actually be curious to know. Like, was he was just personal. double covered all night? Did he?
0: Well, and Thielen was, you know, just always open.
2: Well, he. I mean, he is. Like Thielen's a really good wide receiver. Yeah. Just, yeah. Justin Jefferson needs more than five targets in a game against a weak second. Thielen's yeah. a
0: cute player. Justin Jefferson's a threat on the field.
2: Yeah. yeah, and he yeah he had a couple underneath ones and wound up with, what, the three catches for like 30 yards or something? 20, 24? It's uh, three catches for 23, 23 yards. 23
0: yards. A long of 11. Yeah. A long of 11!
2: Yeah, well, but Irv Smith, we got our wish with Irv Smith. He caught four passes for 64 and looked much more involved, so that's good.
0: Yeah, get the ball to Irv Smith, Jefferson, and Thielen can get it. But my God, really? Look at the targets.
2: What was it, 14 targets? It was, uh, what, for Thielen, it was 13 targets of the 38. Okay. I'm never going to, this is where I differ from you. I'm never going to rip Kirk Cousins for targeting Adam Thielen, because Adam Thielen is really, really good. But I think... I think there needs to be a plan for more than five targets at this point to Justin Jefferson. Justin
0: Jefferson, the the difference between Thielen and Jefferson, Thielen's really good. Jefferson's dynamic. Jefferson changes games. Thielen Thielen can put up an unbelievable box score, a lot like his buddy Kirk, in a losing effort.
1: Jefferson's
0: box score can be huge in a winning game.
2: Yeah, I I think... um, I don't think I'm asking for a lot here. I really don't. I think you're being a little too hard on, like... I feel like you're dissing Adam Thielen a little, a little bit here, and it's not necessary. But I agree with everything you're saying about Justin Jefferson. I don't think I don't think Justin Jefferson's success has to come at the full expense of Adam Thielen.
0: I don't I care. Think there's room for both guys. I don't care whose expense it comes at. It just needs to come.
2: Okay. Declan Goff.
1: Yeah, I was gonna have a uh, force feed Justin Jefferson, but I'll, I'll counter with a different one, and it's Eric Wilson is better than Anthony Barr. Eric Wilson is better. I was harping on this train in the preseason. Ah, I, I said it. Eric Wilson can replace him. He yeah. did a lot of great things last year. Is he as like dynamic as a player and as a raw athlete? Was like, That's what we heard about Anthony Barr? Probably not, but he's a much better, well-rounded football player. He's not going to cost you $14 million, and you know what you get out of him. There, there's no there's no next like hidden level to Eric Wilson's game that you're waiting for to unlock. You just know he's a really solid player, <laughs> and he's good at his job. So Eric Wilson is better than Anthony Barr. Statement. Not a hot take. It's not a
0: hot take, man. What are the contracts? Give me the contracts. All right, let me let me find them for you. Because this is a really well, interesting. We do
2: discussion. know that Anthony Barr is the second highest paid player to the cap this season. Okay. On the roster, okay.
1: Anthony uh, Eric Wilson's making three point two million. He's a UFA after this year, so you will have to pay him. <laughs> If
2: you oh,
1: want to keep, oh them. no. Hold on. <laughs> to,
2: to, to the salary cap here, so oh, he's a he's an unrestricted free agent, <laughs> so he will make something, but he won't make Anthony Barr money. will make Anthony Barr money. Nope. No. All right, I got the I've got the the dead cap here too. Oh, what is this? Oh, this is only for this week. Where's Anthony Barr on here? I think he's because he's on injured he's reserve. On they IR. like took him off the damn thing. Uh, yeah, Eric Wilson does make the three point two. There's no dead cap, so you just have to figure out what you want to do going forward. Let me just scroll down here. I'm sorry I'm holding I'm, up the show by doing this. I'm pretty I'm
1: pretty sure though like curious. Eric Wilson can do everything that he can't do.
2: Yeah, 12.7 million to 3 million dollars. Of course, like I think I think if you're going to get rid of Anthony Barr, I don't think it means that you're going to give Eric Wilson like 8 or 9 million. Now, if Eric Wilson wants to make a lot less money and be a, a the second starting linebacker, I'm good with that. But yeah, like he did get torched on a play by a tight end I've never heard of, but um he had a tackle for a loss, he had a big sack,
1: and he had the big interception. Second yeah. highest grade, or no, the highest grade defensive player for the Vikings yesterday, Eric Wilson. Yeah. Boom. From PFF.
2: I'm with you, Dex. Boom. Um, all right, uh, a couple more statements left here. Let's go, with, let's go with this one. Dan Bailey is actually the first kicker that doesn't give me and probably other <laughs> Vikings fans high levels of anxiety since Ryan Longwell. I want to give a little love to Dan Bailey out there. And this is not meant to say that, like, well, I should have kicked a field goal on 4th and 1, all right? <laughs> they should have gone forward on 4th and 1, and they did. Right. But I just want to say that Dan Bailey makes me feel actually some peace of mind watching a Vikings football game when a kicker lines up for the first time in about 10 years. So tip of the cap to Dan Bailey in that spot. This also proves
0: why Spielman's insistence on trying to draft SEC kickers with Zim as his coach was so stupid. Like, this is the guy. You go get a veteran guy, right? Yeah. And Zim, Zim, you know, he comes, bad Dan Bailey's not kicking well today. And eventually just sort of forgets about him. Because <laughs> if you do it to a kid, it screws th- the kid up and then he starts to miss field goals like Carlson did in Green Bay. But this is, Dan Bailey is basically a uh, case number one for if Mike Zimmer is your coach, why you just go sign a veteran. And that guy is calm, cool, and collected. And when Zim complains, he's like, whatever, dude. And then he just starts to kick, and Zim forgets about
2: it. Yeah. Now, of course, if the Vikings do claw their way back into contention at some point, or maybe they're back in contention next year, I have now officially just jinxed Dan Bailey, and he will miss a yep. clear-cut game-winning field goal in a big spot. Well, so let's make one more lap one around. More. All, right. Yep. All right.
0: Lost in in the fact that the Vikings didn't get it on fourth and one, and the Seahawks uh, and uh, Russell Wilson put together a great drive late in that game and won The game completely lost is this statement. Mike Zimmer came up with what I believe will be his best defensive game plan of 2020 in that game on Sunday night. Kudos. I questioned you. I said, get after Wilson, get creative. You know what he did? He did those things. Zim deserves a lot of credit. I know that they lost, but still, that game plan against a Hall of Fame quarterback who eventually did win, but... Look shaky, and you did a really good job against and sacked a bunch. That was, I believe, as good a game plan for 2020, given the personnel that this head coach can come up with, and it was
2: fun to watch. It. And it would have been the story. Think about if the Vikings convert that first down and the game ends, what, 26 to 21 would have been the final score. If the Vikings get that first down, the game ends 26 to 21 and the Seahawks take 95 extra yards off their total because they started that drive from their own five-yard line, right? Six-yard line. S- six-yard line. Yep, so they, they picked 94 up 94 yards, yards yes. to add on to their total in that spot. Russell Wilson would have finished with like 150 yards passing. Uh, their total yardage would have been, let's see, they had 190 in the air, 124 on the ground. So like their total yardage would have been something around like 200 yards. Sacked four times, picked yeah. off. Yeah. yeah. And and it would have been, wow, what a defensive gem. But, of course, like so, sometimes your best defense is converting the fourth and one so you don't allow a Hall of Fame quarterback the ball one final time with two minutes to go.
1: Uh-huh. That's a perfect segue. Because my final statement is, don't ever put the ball in Russell Wilson's hands to end the game, Minnesota Vikings. Like, seriously. I, I don't understand how you think there's be a good opportunity where you can stop him and the, the two-point conversion being like this big hurdle of like, well, if he gets that, like, yes, just get that, and then we can go to overtime. So you are, you're banking on the fact that, yeah, we're probably going to allow a touchdown. That's probably going to happen. But the two-point conversion, they won't have to get the two-point conversion. How about you don't put the ball in the best quarterback's hands Don't for any reason ever put the ball in Russell Wilson's hands to end the game. That would be my final statement from this game. Yeah, they tried. They tried They'd to not do tried. it. Now, God.
2: kicking a field goal guarantees he gets the ball going for it is the right play. But they, you get Alex Madison. Uh, I've okay. now seen that screenshot from up above again, and Alex Madison definitely missed going to his right for maybe a touchdown on that fourth and one play because he's not Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook probably does score a touchdown on that play if there's an opening to his right because he's great at bouncing off. All right, final statement here, James. Chris Hovan Lynch is a playmaker, boys. <laughs> the oh, Vikings you're going have with the white guy. You're going playmaker. with the white guy. Well, he said they're both redheads. They're both interior defensive linemen. <laughs> I thought James Lynch popped up. It's kind of funny to see him in the game because he hasn't had a ton of playing time. But uh, James Lynch making a big play, sacking Russell Wilson in that game last night. So, all right, those are our Viking <laughs> statements. Here. Before,
0: He's going to Hawaii, no question about it.
2: Before we take off for this episode, I think we should add one more segment. Now that the Vikings are 1-4, and, okay. and, and now that the Vikings have uh, firmly put themselves in the mix for a top 10 draft pick and maybe something better, I think we should award for the people that watch and listen to this show on a regular basis, the Tank for Trevor people. We know that there's a ton of you, and we know that a lot of you are actually rooting for the Vikings to... Show some good things, but still fail in the end last night. What was our tank for Trevor play of the game last night? Was it the Kirk Cousins interception? That would be mine. No question about what it. Was it the fourth and ten throw to DK Metcalf? No. Well,
0: I'd go, I'd go the Kirk pick because that's the pick that Trevor Lawrence, if he was here, wouldn't throw. You
1: know what, for me, it was the, uh, the last drive of the game when you throw to Kyle Rudolph out of bounds for ten yards. Just like that signifies that like you you this guy over. can't do it. This is over. You literally threw an eight yard route to a to a to tight your, end and you to right your ran out of Slowest skill position player. That that's it right there. You're tanking. tanking. get the right quarterback in place. That that's it for me.
2: Seems like the guy that would, like the guy that wouldn't be tanking, the starting quarterback who wants to keep his job is the one that put up the most but it, potentially it, it, tank he's tanking. He's unknowingly tanking, though.
0: That's the key. Yes. Unknowingly.
2: Well, with that What's then? yours? I want a mock. It was the interception. <laughs> okay. It was the interception. Tankathon.com has the Vikings picking number fifth, number five yep. in the draft, okay? Okay. Let's just go through real quick here. Trevor Lawrence, number one overall to the New York Giants. It's funny. they draft Danny da, Dimes. Daniel Danny Jones and Trevor Lawrence. I mean, Out there, he's available. Well, you if, if the Giants have the number one overall pick, they're either drafting Trevor Lawrence or getting a boatload of picks so somebody else can draft Trevor Lawrence, right? Yep. Let's see here. Uh, Justin Fields going third to the Jets. So both New York teams taking the top two quarterbacks. Jamar Chase to Washington. Then the Vikings with the number five pick. Taking, according Mm -hmm. to Mm Tankathon.com. Quarterback, North Dakota State, Trey Lance. I want to
1: mock!
2: Mock! How do you guys feel about Trey Lance as of right now, according to Tankathon.com? You know what? Being the first round pick. I don't feel great about that because of this.
0: At five... If the Giants are going Danny Dimes, which they might be, I'm going to get in that pick. I'm going. I'm giving up whatever draft picks. Ooh. I don't care. I'm giving up whatever I have to to get Trevor. to get Trevor Lawrence with the Giants pick, and I'm giving them five back. So that's not a bad return. I mean that that's a start of a uh, legitimate conversation for that draft pick. I'm going
2: up. It would probably cost you. Okay. Consid- considering at the other teams that would we'll be looking to move up to, it would cost you almost your entire, like, cabinet of draft picks two the firsts. next couple of years, like, from rounds four, three, two.
1: Yeah, two firsts for sure. Like, y- the floor of at least two first five, So my picks.
2: five and then another one.
1: And then, yeah, whatever you want to sprinkle in. But at least two first-round draft picks.
0: I'm making the phone
2: call, and I'm mm-hmm. doing it. Wow. Wouldn't you guys? See, this is where it's tough. Like, call, I don't know... Number five seems like a really, really big stretch for Trey Lance right now. Yes, I agree. It, that's, yeah. That's I would I would almost rather either trade up for one of these two power five studs or see if there is somebody else available later in the first round or the second round, like draft a non quarterback here and then go get another quarterback, go get like a Tanner Morgan or somebody in the second or third round. But I think it's a must draft a quarterback draft at this point for the Vikings. I don't think you can just like go forward with Kirk and like run it back again. If he can be your quarterback next year, but there needs to be a succession plan. If you saw,
0: if you go, go up and make a significant trade, and yes, Rick Spielman give up a bunch of draft picks to get that pick, and you get Trevor, you might have solved your issue now for eight to ten years.
2: Yeah, and. You know, for people that because I, I I had this tankathon discussion, I tweeted this out this morning at Phil Mackey, at Jay Zolgad, at Dex's tweets, and a couple of the responses were like, "No, they need they need a guard. No, they need a defensive tackle like these other holes, right?" Yeah. To which I say, no, you need a quarterback that can overcome when needed the lack of a guard, the lack of a great defense. That's the Vikings' problem. The Vikings are stuck in a position where because Kirk Cousins is their quarterback. They have to sweat every single other little nuance of the roster, and it has to be perfect, or they can't win the games that they need to. Yep. Or you could find a quarterback that can make it so that yeah, you're going to whiff on a couple of these positions. You're going to have a down year at defensive well, tackle once in a while, and and you're way, still going to win 10 or 11 games.
0: Finding a guard should not require being a top-five draft pick, <laughs> and I can probably find you one.
2: If they draft a guard with a top-five draft pick, we riot. Or a corner. Well, a
0: corner corner would actually make sense if they needed one, but they don't and they're not going to. But I'm just saying this whole guard thing, like we're infatuated with finding a guard, not because it's difficult because the Vikings have been so bad at it. Yeah.
2: By the way, uh, Rashad Bateman going number 25 to the Chicago Bears, according to Tango. Don't Fonda. do I that to Rashad mock, Bateman. Mock.
0: That young man does not deserve that crappy quarterback, whatever thing that they call it in Chicago. If that poor guy has to go to play with Nick Foles, <laughs> he'll be pining for the days of Tanner Morgan. Yep.
2: All right, that's a wrap on this episode of Purple Daily. We are your Vikings therapists, and we are here throughout the rest of this week and season for you guys And uh, thanks again for getting us to 10,000 subscribers on our Purple Daily YouTube channel. We'll see you guys tomorrow.